Yeah, no, that's a great question because uh, actually I, once I had a few offers and I sat down and one of my, actually my grandpa, who's a mentor to me and we sat down and just went throughout my goals and what are my short-term goals? What are my long-term goals? How to get there? And what is the best route to take to get there? And just putting all your goals on paper and seeing what you're actually working towards really helps you solidify what decisions you make now to get to that point. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to spread this around. Today on the show, we've got Owen Getz. If you want to go into real estate, he's got seven residential properties, two commercial properties. And he started out as an engineer, but has a passion for farmers and farming. Now he's a project sales manager for Illinois Grain and Seed. He's going to talk about how to find the path to your dream out of college and how to search your soul and what the process for that is. Welcome. To the edge of excellence. Oh, and yes, thank you so much for taking time away from your passion, which is an interesting passion. And I love that it speaks to the clients. We're going to get deep into it. Welcome to the edge of excellence. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I got to say, I'm super excited. We had a little conversation before we started here. And Owen is passionate. And when you hear Owen talk about his passion, which may not be what you're passionate about, but if you could find this type of passion, we're going to get into how to know what you love. If you could find this for any industry, you're going to be successful. But before we get there, Owen, we got to ask you the same question we always ask to start off the show. What is your definition of excellence? That is a great question. I would say my definition would be to continuously exceed expectations. And maybe you could replace expectations with goals, but it's one thing to hit a goal or hit an expectation, but it's another thing to exceed that and continuously pushing towards new goals and new expectations. An example that I'd have is when I did my intern year at CollegeWorks, my initial goal was 100000 in revenue. And I hit that about halfway through summer. So instead of being complacent and happy with where I was at. Um, I wanted to exceed that expectation. I wanted to exceed my original goals. So I set out new goals and kept pushing for something higher. So that's, that's how I would define excellence. Wow. You covered two of my questions with, with just one word, expectations or goals. So expectations implies other people. And and I have people on the show that, you know, excellence is about other people seeing them excellent. You've got both ways, expectations or goals. So it's you yourself internally, other people externally. Second question, um, it's not once. Once is a flash in a pan. Continuously, continuously exceeding your goals and expectations of yourself and others. 
and you do that repeatedly, you become excellent. And so that applies to family, family, fitness, finance, friends, and faith, the five Fs. Get those down if you don't know them. They're from Vern Harnish, credit to Vern Harnish. Friends, family, finance, fitness, and faith. Those are the five Fs of your life. Continually exceeding expectation and goals. And you are at the edge of excellence. Well, Owen Getz, you have been at the edge of excellence for quite a long time. And as I said, I'm super stoked to talk to you today about this weird thing that you do. Wow. You are a project sales manager for a grain and seed organization. Wow, man. Maybe if you live in Indiana, you understand what that is. But what I want to get into here is, Owen has been put on this earth to help farmers make their life easy. And he has a passion for helping farmers maximize profit by storing their grain in a self and efficient, safe and efficient manner. Not many people have that passion, but Owen didn't know what his passion was. He knew kind of the building blocks of it. So you may not be into grain. I'm not into grain. I'm into helping college students. I always wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know what my passion was. I am passionate about helping the next generation find their passion and find their success. And I do better at the job because I'm passionate about it. Owen does better at the job because he's put on the on this earth to help these farmers maximize their profits by storing grain in the most safe and efficient manner. If you can figure out a specific statement like that about you, your life's going to be easier on your path to excellence. So we're going to go way back in time, figure out Owen's background. And as you're listening to Owen, it's not about his background, figuring out that he loved working with farmers. It's about your background and how you figure out what you're passionate about. But let's go way back in time. And why don't you tell me what was it? But we're going to combine two things here, Owen. We're going to combine how to find this passion, which I'm so passionate about. And we're going to find, wait a second, you crushed it. And a lot of people can't ever work at College Works or don't even know what that is. They do pay for this show. So pay attention. But you didn't do just like the most anybody had done in a long time. You reset your goal to do even more than that. And so we're going to get into being excellent because you're you're like one out of 10,000 people and did better than 10,000 other people at College Works. So we're going to get into that normal discussion. But I want to go back in, back in time. What were you doing in high school and college in high school? What was life like? And were you pursuing excellence? And were you prefer, pursuing uh, the industry of farming? What was going on? Yeah, so growing up, uh, especially in high school and getting into my uh, later years of high school, I was doing a lot of work on farms. I was helping out uh, my uncle, who was a farmer. I was helping out some people from church who were farmers. And I was doing a whole bunch of odd jobs. It wasn't anything specific. I was in the hog barns helping load and sell hogs. I was in the fields roguing. And if you're not from Indiana, you probably don't know what that is. You told me about this before. Let me, I just want to make sure this is right. You and I had a talk this time of year and we were doing kind of career counseling, I think. And you took the disc test. And we had a one-on-one conversation and you told me that was that walking through the cornfields, taking the pieces off the corn that are bad. Yeah. So it's I detasseling. It. Yep. Yep. Oh, is that detasseling? Well, you told me about that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So it, it's basically walking up and down fields. So you're in hot and sweaty environments. It's not the uh, most fun jobs. Um, but I realized that it wasn't the jobs that I was doing that I enjoyed. It was the people that I was working with that I w- was really 
being mm-hmm. fulfilled with. So um, I never had a, I guess I'm very mechanically minded. So I thought that was my passion was working on things, figuring things out, but it was really the people I was working with when I was doing that. And I started to find that out later in college, um, which I won't get to yet, but working on planners, working for farmers who would bring in their planners who need service. I was the one that was talking to the farmers instead of while my other buddies were out working on the planners. Um, But uh, it, it was really fulfilling to me to get to know what each farmer did and how they ran their businesses. And a lot of them didn't really know as much on the business side as I was starting to learn. So I realized that I could help these guys and I just didn't know the best way to go about it and come, come around to college. And I get an opportunity to uh, get into the grain industry and storing grain, if you probably don't know, but is one of the best investments a farmer can make for their business. And it's just being able to carry their grain uh, throughout the year and to maximize their profits. So that's what I was able to get into and helping farmers is what, uh, what my passion is. Okay. So you spend all year, um, you're dealing with the soil, you're dealing with the soil prep, you're dealing with the planting, you're dealing with the growing, you're dealing with the pests, you're dealing with the water, you're dealing with all those costs. You finally get your product, you farm your product, and then you put it in an old wooden silo and it gets all wet and 90% of your product's wasted. You got to pay some laborers to sort through and figure out what's not wasted. And, oh my God, what'd you do the whole year? Or you've got one of these fancy silos in the back behind you. People can't see the picture behind Owen right now, but there are these really, they look temperature controlled. They look climate controlled. They look like they make sure that not one single kernel will rot. And instead of having 10% of your product, you've got 100% of your product. And that sounds like a good investment. Before we get into that, and that looks awesome, and I just want to do a quick shout out because I don't know why I'm so excited about this. I'm not even into farming, but I want to do a quick shout out. Where do people find Illinois grain and seed equipment if they want to check this stuff out while they're listening? IGSE.ag. And you might get excited about this job because you might be going to school at Purdue where Owen went. Go Boilermakers. You might be going to IU. What's the IU's mascot? Oh, how could I forget the Hoosiers? (laughs) How could I forget? You might be in one of those areas where you were walking around on a farm one day doing something and you noticed that you were talking to the farmers and not doing what the other people were doing. You're getting a passion about it, but you can go to igse.ag and check out these photos too. They're pretty cool. Well, let's go back to this. And do you remember talking to me about detasseling before? You're the only person that's ever talked to me about it. Yeah, I probably was. I do remember a little bit. I okay. remember if you had a few conversations about farming okay. and lying you a little bit. <laughs> Well, um, I remember it, and I had a lot of conversations at the end of the end of the summer about future careers. Before you got into this profession, you were doing some things that normal high school kids do. You do the job near you. I mowed lawns, and maybe I found out I loved landscaping and I love landscaping design. Didn't happen. Maybe I found out I loved working with the clients. Didn't really notice that either. I, I wasn't really paying attention. So, what were you doing? Were you actively looking for what you loved or did you figure it out later? Wait a second. Everybody else was screwing around or messing with the machinery or drinking water and, and sitting underneath the shade tree. I was actually over there talking to the farmers. I've got a passion for it. Was it conscious or subconscious? 
It was mostly subconscious. I didn't really notice what I was doing until after the fact. And I could look back on it and realize, well, that was the part that I really enjoyed. So that's what I need to pursue. Okay. Um, how, soon, how soon after? Really after College Works, when I was able to go through that experience and talk to a lot of people and uh, build a network around myself, uh, I would look back at my high school experiences and realize that I was kind of doing the same thing then. Okay, so let's come up with a formula. If you're listening in the car and you want to be able to say, I do what I'm passionate about and I'm passionate about X, Y, Z, there's a process. So first step in the process is get experience. And at College Works, we want you to have worked three years in the past. Uh, my son worked at a restaurant and he got some experience talking over the counter. Um, he worked for a famous kind of design entrepreneur business owner in the clothing industry. And he realized he loved clothing and he loved design. He works in graphic design now, sorry, not graphic design, interior design. And he realizes he loves that even more. So over the process, he had the customer interaction. He had the design interaction. He had the interior design. So three years experience, you want at least three years experience to try things out, figure out what you hate. I had a lot of jobs I hated, figure out what you love. Second thing is, you want to ponder. And so after, so you had some regular jobs detasseling. Then you ran a company. You ran a, a painting company with lots of employees, lots of customers, lots of revenue. And there's parts you hated about that. What other jobs did you have? Uh, in high school or college? High school and college. High school and college. So in high school, I also did some jobs in the construction industry. So I got some experience uh, doing that. And I would be in and out of tenants' homes. I would be working with the people who are living in the homes. So I would get a little bit of that, uh, I guess, personal sales experience through that. But I was mainly on the construction side of it. And then in college, mainly was college works and uh, do, starting up my own business in real estate and doing a flip on our own. And those were the two main things. Okay. So first you get experience. Uh, you try different things out. Then you got to think, what do I like and dislike? You need experience to know what you like and dislike. Oh, and also took a disc test with me. There's an episode, I think it's episode four. Go back and look. Listen to the disc episode. Go online, download our document in our bundle of excellence or whatever it's called on disc. So he understood, hey, I'm good at sales. Owen oh, took an engineering career and has an engineering, I'm sorry, engineering major and has an engineering degree. Um, so through these different experiences, you're checking in and you're thinking, what do I like and what do I not like? And then you go try things out. Owen tried a few things out and um, was able to hone in better. If you don't try a few things out, you don't sit and think, it's harder to hone in better. So let's go to college. You go to Purdue and you're taking your engineering. Somehow you get into college, works, uh, which I guess we hire pre-law pre-medicine, pre-engineer, pre-business. So we probably came into one of your classes. Um, you crushed it at College Works. What were a couple of the problems you had at College Works that helped you? And I'm not talking about successes. I'm talking about problems that helped you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to do well in sales. Hey, you know what? I want to continue down this path. Yeah, I'd say some of the problems that I came across was uh, just client relations. If there was a conflict that would arise um, and being able to deal with those conflicts was definitely out of my comfort zone, was definitely difficult me, difficult for me at first. 
but working through some of those situations and seeing some positive outcomes from a bad situation really made me realize that I could be good at this and uh, I have something in me that is able to turn bad situations into uh, into good outcomes. So, so you had you had issues where customers weren't weren't happy. You had issues where employees weren't happy, and you realized it doesn't have to stay that way. I can turn it around, and you realize I don't hate doing that, and you realize that I'm pretty good at that, mm-hmm. and then you couple that with uh, this different career, and we're going to come back to the different career. Anything else that you did in college that helped you form your your path, your either your success, uh, your 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 successes that you've had, or any eye-opening experience that helped you figure out your path to your career? Yeah, I guess I did take a uh, engineering internship my junior year, and going through that, it was a manufacturing engineering internship, and going through that process and that experience. Um, I realized that I'm not made to sit behind a desk. I need to be talking to people. I need to be forward facing and going through some of those where I did learn, okay, this isn't for me, um, really helped solidify what I, what I felt I was good at. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. Okay, and, that, and, I, and I love that. You're going to do things that you don't like. If you're listening right now and you hate your job, that's just telling you what not to do in the future. I want to be careful here because everybody hates their job for a couple of days a year. So you got to look at the long term. Everybody hates one part of their job. You got to do what you don't want to do so you do it so you can do what you want to do. But for the most part, you need to find something that you wake up in the morning and you're excited to do. And it's hard to be successful if you're not doing what your your natural aptitudes are and what you like. So Owen's got his experience, lots of different experience, his thinking, the disc test we did. And again, part of this is knowing you're you're an I, you've got an I in there, right? You're an IC, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right on that. You can do the engineering, which is the C side, but the I side, and I think you're a higher I, um, is that interaction, that helping people, that driving solutions. So he he did some scientific research by taking a disk test, which helped him assess these different jobs and helped him assess what he wants. So it's not accidental that Owen ended up doing what he loves. Did you ever sit down and just think, okay, I've got all these experiences. I'm going to do a pro-con sheet or I'm going to write down all the things I like. Was there any element like that before you went, 
into um, the seed storage business? Or did you just go look for jobs and find the seed storage business and go, oh, this hits everything? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because uh, actually, I once I had a few offers and I sat down and one of my, actually my grandpa, who's a mentor to me, and we sat down and just went throughout my goals and what are my short-term goals? What are my long-term goals? How to get there and what is the best route to take to get there? And just putting all your goals on paper and seeing what you're actually working towards really helps you solidify what decisions you make now to get to that point. Okay, so that's beginning with the end in mind is what that's called. So you put your goals on paper and you vet your opportunities to your goals, which is the best path. Absolutely. Wow, this episode is a great episode for figuring out what you want to do. Get experience. Think about things. Do a disc test or something. Have a lot of experience. Sit down and write your goals down and vet what the best path is. Okay, so that's that's what got you to the grain, the grain business. And you love the working with the farmers and you get to do some design. So you get your engineering background in there. You get that C side of your personality. Um, you got some people that don't understand that getting rid of their old wooden leaky silo is going to double their profits and, and make their whole life better. So you're doing some negotiation and some pushback. Um, but you also got into the real estate business. And I want to talk about real estate as well, because people talk to me and they want to get in the real estate business. And I go, dude, you got no money. So you went and you got a house at the right time. And the thing about real estate is timing is important. We're in, we just entered a recession. This is being recorded in, uh, in July of 2022. We just entered a recession. It was announced yesterday. And then it was also announced there's a new definition of recession. And everybody said, no, there's not. So we're in a recession. The, the markets have been, this is the longest peak to peak in the history of America. We've been waiting for a recession since 2016. Uh, interest rates have just gone way up. Now's not the time to flip houses. Um, and if you're a real estate professional and you're running a million dollar, a billion dollar portfolio, you're not flipping houses because the cap rates are too low. The interest rates are too high. Fix and flip is not going to be a business for a little while. You might be acquiring stuff. So Owen got in at the exact right time where you could get a place, fix it up and flip it and make a lot of money um, and then roll that into a few other opportunities. So you're probably going to be back at the right time again in 2023 sometime. Uh, right now you're on hold. Tell us about how you got your first property in 20, 2020, right? Uh, 2018 is when I bought my first one. 2018, right as the real estate market's just going crazy. Tell us about your first property. How'd you secure the funds for it? How long did you hold it? You don't have to tell us how much you make and then what you did with the profits. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 2018, first year in college, um, I'm moving moving over to Purdue and I wanted to take a step uh, that most other college kids want to be taking. So I wanted to get into the real estate business and I had a construction background, so that aided me a little bit. And uh, I went in with a partner um, who is my cousin. So to start off and to secure the funds, we basically just started off with what we saved throughout uh, high school. We worked, uh, we worked a lot during high school and uh, had a decent amount saved up. And uh, what I didn't realize was how fast uh, those funds get eaten up in a remodel project. So about halfway through, we ran out of money and we had to get some more. And luckily, um, I had come across the CollegeWorks internship 
opportunity. And that is how I made the rest of the money to finish off the project was based off of my college works uh, profits. Okay. So it's always double the cost, double the time. So you found that out the hard way. Um, and so you, did you buy a place for you to live in in college? Is that what it was? And you remodeled it while you lived in it? No. So we, I, I did have an apartment um, and this was totally separate. So this was a full gut job type renovation. So there was no chance we were going to be living in there. Um, it was just kind of something that we worked on on the weekends. How'd you come up with the down payment and what about the carrying cost? Yep. So down payment was very insignificant. Uh, we bought the property for pennies on the dollar. It was distressed. It was a uh, tax lien property. So someone didn't pay their taxes on the property. Um, and long story short, we got it for pretty cheap. So we paid for that just in the funds that we had saved up throughout uh, high school. And then we're able to start the renovations and then uh, carried on the renovations with the money that we that I generated in College Works and that my partner had generated through his business. My real estate agent told me one time, uh, you make money on the purchase, you get the money on the sale. So you went and found something for pennies on the dollar. If you went and found something that was full retail price, it wouldn't have been worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you went and found something where you had carrying costs and you borrowed a hundred grand at 5% and you're paying $5,000 a year in interest and it took you two years in interest, 10 grand and 30 grand in materials, 40 grand, and you put the labor in, uh, but it would have been money, but you're still 40 grand in on this hundred grand property and you sell it two years later for 120 grand. That happens a lot. But if you buy the hundred grand property for 20 grand, you got a lot of room for error. So you weren't worried about carrying costs. You weren't worried about time. And a lot of times if you're in real estate, time matters. You know, you're, every month you're paying loans and the longer it takes, which right now takes a long time because of COVID, the longer it takes, the less you make. And I had some properties that we built and we got it towards the end of a recession. First one we sold for 2.2 million. Last one we sold for 800 grand. Last one we carried for, I think, a year. We lost our butts on the last one. Um, in the end, all the money we made in the first two years, we lost in the last year because of carrying costs and depreciation, de- decrease in asset value. You got to be careful of that. That's why now is not the right time. You got in. You didn't have to worry about that. A lot of times people were living it and fix it up so they're saving rent. If you're listening right now, that's another option. But Owens was spend your time, do your homework, find a distressed asset because that sets you up for the win. And then you used your own labor, so saved yourself some money. You used your own savings, ran out, had to go get more money by working, put it in this property. And then you flipped it and made a bunch of money and used that money to do down payments on other properties, right? Yep, that's correct. And the other properties, you don't flip, you rent them out. Yeah, so the other property that we bought um, had five units in it, and we did have to flip one of the units. But a long story short, we ran into some zoning regulation issues with the town. We didn't do our homework on that side of things, and it kind of bit us in the butt. But um, kind of going back to turning bad situations into good ones, uh, we worked with the town. I was in town board meetings throughout the whole summer of 2021 and trying to get it figured out. But we ended up buying the next property over from us to get around some legal issues and 
we kept two proper or two units as commercial and uh, got up to seven residential units. Okay, so um, let's go back to your work experience. You worked as a detasseler. You called it a rogue. Did you call it rogue? Roguing, detasseling. Yep. Okay, I've only heard the detasseling. You, you introduced me to a new term. So you're roguing, you're detasseling. You did construction work. You did uh, college works. How did the college work stuff? And if you're listening right now, you don't live in the Midwest, you can't do college work. So you're already in college or you're already out of college and you're doing a job. You know, college works, you're running a business, you're doing the sales, you're doing the marketing, you're working with the clients. You got to fire people. You got to hire people. You're totally stressed out. Um, what parts of the college works experience really helped you with uh, figuring out your real estate experience? And you went, oh my God, thank God I did college works. I figured that one out through college works. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, the biggest thing college works did for me um, was put myself in a business mindset. Throughout high school and early stages of college, I was just so used to doing all the work myself, getting out there and getting it done. But college works helped me step back from that and look at the business as a whole um, and really made it a lot easier to scale that up uh, because you can't be on the job all the time and expect yourself to keep growing your business. You have to take that step back out look from a 40,000 foot view and see what you actually have to do to not only get things done, but to keep growing the business rather than just being in the business the whole time. And, and that you, you, you didn't run just one crew. You ran a couple crews. Did you ever get to three crews? Yep. Three crews. Yeah, three crews. So uh, when you're running a decentralized uh, management model, where instead of sitting at the job or sitting in the office or sitting in the store, you're moving from store to store, office to office, job to job. You've got to be a different type of a leader. You have to have systems to lead. You've got to, um, you've got to have communication so people know what to do while you're gone. You have to have ways to measure, uh, measure what's been done when you get back because you're only at most on any one job a third of the time, probably more like a quarter of the time because you've got other things to do as well. So you have to have different systems in place, which puts you in that business mindset. You know, you can get by and just do the work with one other person and never look up and never check out what your profit was and figure it out um, if you have just one crew. When you get to three crews, you have to get in that business mindset, do what we call the sacred hour, which is working on the business and analyzing profit, figuring out schedules and looking at uh, equipment and organizing where equipment goes and looking at supplies and, and get everything done early. You've got to be really on top of your organization to get your customers lined up early, because if you don't, you don't have customers and your employees quit. So it's a much, a much more business-like experience than um, job-like experience when you get to that level. So you had all that and put you in the business mindset and that applied to the real estate. How did that apply to working in the seed storage industry? Yeah. So for working in the seed storage industry, it really helps Again, just take a step back and look at the bigger picture of things. Um, you know, why would a farmer need a new grain facility? Uh, why would they need to add a new bin to their facility? Um, you have to take a step back and look at the big picture of what those benefits are for that for that farmer and what business implications that has uh, for the farmer. You know, if they can only store, say, 80% of their grain, well, they're losing out on 20% of their grain profits that they could be having. So um, just taking that step back and looking at how is this actually going to help the business as a whole? How is this going to help the uh, the future profits, the future 
uh, success of the of the farm, being able to take that, that step back and look at it from from a higher view. Okay, so you called it forty thousand feet. They keep raising it. It used to be ten thousand feet. <laughs> uh, you have to work on the business, not in the business. When you're in any business. You have to get up and look at what's going on. You don't drive across from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast without using a map. One, once a day for an hour at College Works, we teach, called the Sacred Hour, you get up and you look at the overall business. You look into the future. What do I need to do today so I uh, um, can do what I want to do tomorrow? And that stopping and looking at the big picture, getting that view, helped you consult almost. Because in sales, a lot of times you're consulting consult with these people that you love so much, uh, these farmers, on why this is an important discussion and maybe how to look at it differently. Absolutely. All right. Um, So you probably made a few sacrifices. This is my favorite question, by the way. You probably made a few sacrifices in life to get you to the point where you could buy real estate as a freshman in college, to get you to the point where you could have these seven units um, at a very young age while doing another job, to get you to the point where you could uh, get into this role and and you're not just working in in a, a low level job. You're a project sales manager, so you're leading other people. What was the sacrifice that you made that you think back to where you go, "Thank God I did that." I'm I would tell myself to do that over and over again. Yeah, some of the sacrifices I'd say I had to make. The biggest ones were just my my college weekends. You know, everyone was going out on uh, their Friday Saturday nights. Uh, or on their spring breaks, um, which I had a few of them, but, um, you know, taking a step back and realizing what's actually going to help your future. I'm definitely glad I gave up 90% of my weekends that I could have been doing who knows what, um, to actually work on something that's going to benefit my future. Um, whether that was in college works and running my painting crews, whether that was, uh, going over to, uh, my properties to put in an HVA system on a Saturday night. Um, it, it helped my future and it gave me that mindset of, okay, I can do without some of these other things. I can sacrifice what the other kids my age are doing because in five years, I'm going to be at a different place than them. So it's balance. So yeah. you need to have some fun. You need to have some weekends to yourself, but you also need to make some investment. And if you invest early when you're young, you get so far ahead that people can't catch up. My kids say, oh, dad, you can't take us on a family vacation. I'm missing my friends. What are you talking about? You got to invest some time in your family. Hey, dad, nobody can work 50 hours a week, whether in the summer I need to make time for my friends. What are you talking about? You got 164 hours in a week. So you need work. You need thinking and reading and writing. You need exercise. You need friendships, you need balance. And you made a decision that I'm going to invest some of my time in my future. And what do you know? Owen has more time for his fun and his passions and his friends now than probably any of his peers because he invested early. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Owen, thank you so much for bringing all these little systems to our podcast. I'll probably have you on again sometime. I think I'm going to have a second call with you maybe in a couple of years and we'll figure out what's going on then and figure out some more next steps for people. Thank you for making time to come on the edge of excellence. Absolutely. Love to be here. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the edge of excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. 
If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.